Hey, and welcome to this week's edition of the Rugby Report Card. Uh, with me this week is Jim. Hello, Richard. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Thanks, darling. And uh, how are you, Blake? I'm good, darling. I'm good. <laughs> awesome. Uh, how are you both feeling right now after the um, the highs and lows? We said it last week, the roller coaster ride, the pure anger that I, that I can feel coming across the text messages yesterday as part of the the, the WhatsApp group to the jubilation of, uh, of the end of the game. How'd you both yeah, look, feel? I, w- I woke up very happy, sweetheart. I was absolutely stoked, happy to get a series win. You can tell how much it meant to the whole squad as well. It was just really, really enjoyable. Yeah, I'm glad you asked, honey, because I haven't felt like this in a test series. When was the last time Australia won a three-test series? The drama, the atmosphere, the excitement, um, and it genuinely felt like the whole country was watching and, and it was covered. And, uh, you know, I, I'd say it's the type of day you'd expect to see those Wallaby jerseys out on the street. I wouldn't know, but you'd expect to see the Wallaby jerseys out on the street. It was that special kind of atmosphere and bloody proud, excited. What are you excited by? Because we're going we're gonna to stop the uh, innuendo slightly. What, is the, uh, what, what makes you proud and excited? They got the job done. They got the W. Was it the fact that they overcome adversity? Was it the fact that this was something that you wouldn't put foreseen in the last management group? Um, is it just the fact that you showed heart? Well, what was it? It was the result, mate. It was just the result. The result went two points, three points the other way. I fucking loathed it. Would have absolutely hated the whole thing. Would have been an absolute travesty. But it wasn't. Exactly the same. <laughs> exactly the same. Um, all of the narrative, isn't it? Sports W's, mate. And we got a W. Yeah, that's it. Full stop. And that's the thing. No one's going to remember. Like, let's be honest. No one's going to remember in a few weeks' time. You're just going to be talking about winning a three-test series. Mm. Like, no, like, no one remembers the specifics. And not like that. Whatever the trophy's called matters. It, it equates to nothing. You couldn't sell that on eBay for a high price. But it's just, it's the win. It's the, it's the team getting the W. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And there's many, there's so many moments in sport throughout the ages where there's been a poor decision. And you're absolutely right. You only remember the guy who scores the winning try, kicks the winning goal, a big moment for Lollacio. So massive heads up, well played, good job for him and, yeah, and lots of positives. Quite, I'm almost reticent to, you know, do, we, we will because we're a podcast, it's what we do, but I'm almost reticent to do a review of it because I don't care. We won. <laughs> I'm proud. It's yeah. nice to win one. You know what I mean? Uh, they played well. Um, I don't feel like talking about the logistics in this moment and that moment. I just stoked we won. It was a nice feeling going to bed. Wasn't it? It was a nice feeling waking up and reading the player ratings and reading the articles and seeing your Twitter buzz. And mm. It's just a nice feeling. And listening to the post-conference and the post-match interviews, if we lose, mate, I don't stick around. I'm None fucking out of there. Don't read shit. Avoid it like the plague, like the Delta strategy. Don't touch it until the next one rolls around and get excited again. Exactly. You know what? And it, it's actually made the next three weeks heaps more palatable. I'm super excited for the Lion series. Because the Wallabies won. Yeah. I'm not bitter. Uh, it's pathetic, really. It's pathetic. We should enjoy all the parts of the games. But isn't it amazing what the difference a win does to, to your analysis? You know, to your life, just ask my cat. And to the code, mate, to the code. They've won, man. That's 100,000 more clicks they're going to get. Imagine the cash they get from the result they wanted and everything else. Like, it matters. It Everything matters. So, good on them. But um, I guess we should speak about 
the uh, the I thing. Know. I might paint a picture on how it went down on my end, and then you guys can do your own. Things have been a bit hostile around here. COVID, not great. Um, so I decided to make Saturday a date day. Just tried to make it really lovely. Went for a beautiful walk. Can I just try to sell on, on your date day? You said you were going to watch the Wallabies together. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. What a perfect date day, day, mate. Not date night. <laughs> a date day. Went on a gorgeous walk. And I really sold this test and the importance of it. So I could watch it, not necessarily guilt-free, but um, so I could watch it and we could enjoy it and experience it. Extend the date day to the date night. But um, absolutely, I cooked dinner, gorgeous wine, nice beef ragu, some left for the next day, looked at the stars, made love. It was excellent. And then, and then the Wallabies came on. We sung the anthem. Five minutes in, man, I'm throwing shit at the TV, telling her to leave the room. <laughs> Get out. Because she questioned that. She, she maybe suggested that the red was warranted. She wasn't allowed to watch the rest. And then the day was over, man. We're back to style Sunday. <laughs> Thank you for your fictitious fictional take. Uh, Jim, I've seen you cooking. So as soon as you mentioned <laughs> you cook, I knew the whole thing was a ruse. Um, yeah, you definitely roller- don't know what a ragu is. <laughs> the emotional <laughs> roller coaster was, was similar on my end. I, I won't go into the theatrics about it. I was actually, you know, sitting on the couch, a bit sleepy, really excited to watch Wallabies get it done frustrated with the way we started. Here we are again on the back foot. I don't understand. Rennie, stop the post-game stand chats and start the post-game, fire the boys up. We're behind three. Oh, shit, we just kicked off. Oh, shit, Corabetti just smashed that bloke. Knock on. Let's go. What? Got it. What are they doing? What? Then fuck off. Fuck this sport. I hate it. I'm done with this sport. Changed the channel. Had a tanty for 10. Flicked it back on. Hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. Blake, uh, James, you know Blake. My name Blake. Do you reckon it was just for 10? No, it was much more than 10. <laughs> he was geographically looking up what's the closest league team to his home. <laughs> Who can up, he barrack up, for? Up, up, Cronulla. <laughs> um, uh, honestly. And I think, um, we'll, get, we'll look, we got to discuss the red. It's clearly not a red. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. It wasn't, um, no. I think, yeah, some people could make the argument it's yellow. I don't even cop that argument. It's 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 a really good tackle in my opinion, but whatever. That's by the by. Um, what, it, what it represented to me was more than that game. Now, if we just took that game in a vacuum, it was drama-filled. It went to the 79th minute. It was amazing. The drama was amazing and the Wallabies got it done. It was the season finale of the Bold that's and Beautiful. Right. But that's being revisionist and I can't do that with that red card. That's saying that the outcome matters. If that's the case, well, New Zealand should play us with 11 blokes. It'll be really exciting to come down to the 79th. I'm here to watch rugby 15 on 15 and so I'm just robbed of that. So just to confirm something, you don't think that you could beat New Zealand unless they're without... Four players. The hyperbole, champ. To make no, them... no, I'm just want to clarify, man. That's it all. It was man. hyperbole. We look. Last time we beat New Zealand, they had 14 players. Yeah. Um, I, I signed up to watch 15 on 15, and it colours everything. It colours the French tactics. It colours the way the game's played. It colours the way the game's refed. For the rest of the game, mate, Australia got every decision under the sun. As he tried to wind that one back, it just taints. Everything. Now, I could 
70, 70th minute onwards, I could forget about that. It was a brilliant game of rugby. It's exciting. But what scares me for the code is that there's there's a situation in our game where, what, once every three or four big games is ruined by a referee's decision? It's the only sport like that. It happens in sports, right? Cricket, there's bad decisions. Soccer, there's bad decisions. It happens. Mixed martial arts, there's quick stoppages, early finishes, whatever. But it seems to happen way too much in rugby and way too much in big games. Um, it's really frustrating for the sport. It's frustrating for the code. And then the, the added layer to that is in this country, mate, it's, it's on a lifeline. We're rusted on fans, right? We are showing up rain, hail or shine. But the sport isn't. It's hanging on. It's hanging on to a few private schools. Couple of people on a stand subscription. That was brewing on the weekend. A million people watched. We want this thing to grow. We love it. Every time this sport starts to grow, there starts to be a buzz. Something like this happens. Can I just play devil's advocate though? That you you, you say you want the, the the game to grow. Do you not think it engendered a conversation and a you know across a text or something? Even today that. Those non-rugby fans were just texting about rugby, whether it was in a positive or negative way. It started a discussion about something. And then that may have led to afterwards them saying, oh, but, the, you know, it was a great game afterwards. It's close, you know, show much heart, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Isn't it good that at least a conversation is taking place, even if it was the reason to start with was about a poor decision? No, because for the vast majority of those people, they're not watching rugby anyway. Um, but for the, the average punter, it's just a reminder that this sport's shit. It's affirmation that this sport's a joke. But if they're not going to watch it anyway, then why does it matter? Just to give what your point is. If they're not going to make it, if they're not going to watch it anyway, what does it matter that decision to them? Because it matters to me that I didn't watch a competition as a rusted on diehard fan, diehard fan. So it's about further than that, the fair weather fan, go back to, to early 2000s Australia, they all watched that and were just reminded that this sport sucks. That the referee is the most important player on the field, not Michael Hooper, not Lolaseo. That the bloke with the whistle is. And yes, in every sport, shit happens. And you could listen to a soccer podcast and they'd be yarning about referee decisions or an offside call. It's part and parcel of sport, right? If they don't colour it your way, you're opinionated. In our sport, it's a problem, man. It's a problem. And I actually think Super Rugby went out of their way by putting in the 20-minute red to try and meet halfway. Player safety and keep the game going. That was a step in the right direction for mine. And, and, and I was just last night, mate, we, were, we weren't robbed of drama last night. We weren't robbed of excitement. Absolutely not. It was probably more exciting. I'm happy to concede that point. But we were robbed on Australia 15 versus France 15, which is the ticket I purchased when I paid my $9 subscription a month. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think we dodged a bullet for sure because if this ended up being a whitewash, which it looked like it might have when we raced a 10-0 down, um, it was going to be, I might not tune in for the second half. So we dodged a bullet in terms of a spectacle, but it probably was done with that in mind. Like every refereeing decision from that point went our way. It was super slowed down. I mean, was it or are we just much better than them? Did we scrummage better? Was our set piece stronger? Was our D much better? Like I really tossed between whether or not we were piggybacked or whether we actually just showed up. I couldn't come up with a... Well, you'd be more neutral to answer that one, Richard, but I think we played the house down. Like I think it gave us our angry pills and, and that was the best we played this series. 
Um, but again, I'll throw it to you, Richards, the neutral. It did feel like Keith was a little bit generous on the old Wallabies after that decision. But I think a lot of blokes in our team played the best game in the series. Um, Richard, what do you think to answer Jim's question on that? Yeah, I think it was um, the first of us just look at it in two parts. One, the referee decisions. Yeah, I think they went slightly more to Australia, but I don't think they went exorbitantly more towards Australia than they did the, um, the, the French. Um, and in regards to the actual overall game, yes, the Wallabies played their uh, their best game in the series. I think I messaged one of you um, about the fact that it was kind of like that siege mentality approach. You know, we've been hard done by. We're going to do this. We're going to stick together. The brotherhood. We're going to, you know, keep it tight. We're going to not worry about losing our left wing. And let's be honest, if you lose anyone, the left winger is probably one of the better positions to lose them. Maybe one of your type five or one of your key playmaking positions. And I think that galvanized that, that idea. And I think also the French, it's difficult when you suddenly a man up and you're already like 10 nil up or whatever it was. I think you start to um, expect to, to win more comfortably with them than what you, than what they were. And I think when they when it wasn't going their way, you start to overanalyze something and sport is so much in the head. I think they started to think, Oh shit. And then they played, they lowered their level rather than increasing it at a certain point. So it's a little bit of both, but I would absolutely say that the Wallabies played their best game um, of, the, of the series um, wholeheartedly for whatever reason that might be. But the breakdown, and we'll come to it, I'm sure, the breakdown was a bit of a farce for both teams. The gangbang, um, Matt. Yeah, it was, a bit of a, it was a bit of a farce in multifacets, whether it was hands on the floor, coming in from the side, um, just so many different areas. But I don't think it was um, so one-sided than the other. Yeah, I, I think the French sort of got it wrong here. Maybe an experience from their side on how to really capitalise on a 14-man team. I know the winger, if you had to sacrifice one, that's probably the one you throw in. But um, the game, all three games, were really who controlled the middle. Uh, and the game stuck to that, which suited suited us. Um, didn't really expose us like they could, but they just never had the ball, mate. They just never went in a half, never had the ball, which th- we were just better. And I think we had that good brings credence to your point about the fact that going through the middle was better. You know, kudos to players like um, uh, Nasserani. You know, that's one of the best games I've seen him play for a while. He got over the contact. Uh, he got over the, the advantage line. Um, even um, old mate Six, his name's passed me by. Come on, the Waratah Six. Swinton. Swinton. He, he was one of his best games for a while. So I think the, the, uh, the back row, keeping it in tight, you know, was one, of the, was one of the main reasons why they were able to perform at a high level. I'm not done with the officiating, boys. I'm not ready to talk about the footy just yet. Yeah, i got something to say as well, but you go. <laughs> um, th- th- that decision was disgusting. It was atrocious. And then the other ones I just can't cop. And I said it last game, it would be wrong of me not to. France had a try disallowed, pulled back for a knock-on 17 hours earlier. If you, I don't know why I can't see him. I'm watching the TV knock-on. Sweet, let's just play pointlessly for five minutes. If no one scores, it's like, knock on, never happened. If someone scores, let's rewind that five minutes, but leave the time on the clock, push on. And then Australia scores. Oh, Paisami definitely, oh, yep, no, no, let it play, let it play, wind it back, let's watch it again. And then yep. why have rules? Like you can only check two phases when they check three. Yeah, but then you could say you could go about 10, 15. You've got to have, a, you've got to have some point. Exactly. So why did they go more than what they say they're allowed to? They didn't, did they? They did. They're allowed to go back two phases. The Bosnami knock-on was three. Yeah, but even Turanui addressed it and was just like, okay. if I we thought got it the was right three. My bad. Then that's my fault. Sorry. Every time fun is about to happen in this sport, they're like, doop, 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 doop. hold on, hold on. 
Let's just see if we can wind that fun back. And we've literally seen it in every game so far. And what I want is for him to just call the knock-on on the field. Look, you, yeah, we've, we've, all ref- we've, we've all refereed a, a game of rugby. Now, the, the Tom Wright one last week, that was inexcusable, okay? He should be calling that. That was ridiculous. The one this week, I could see that he why he didn't do it. You know, what is so much going on where he's checking? That one was a little bit more. But I agree with your point about the fact that if, he, if it was three phases, then that's wrong. There's uh, two, two this game, one last game. This is too often this stuff is happening. You try and get up and about. There's so much rugby played pointlessly that they're just going to go back for. Um, they just need an overhaul on some of these things. It, it, it makes And again, we're rusted on. We're showing up regardless, right? And if our team wins, we let it all go by the by. If our team loses, we come on here and we throw our toys out of the cot. But what I'm saying is it's just too often every game, every game we've seen a disallowed try that the ref just missed something in the play. And then let's go one further that shot me with the officiating. And I've done this a million times in this podcast, but maybe more people listening that it's an international. What happened to the yellow card? In Super Rugby, you give two penalties away. See you, mate. We'll send six of you off. In international rugby, it's fair game. You can give away 100 penalties in your 22. The absolute and utter lack of consistency on that rule. I don't necessarily want more cards. I just want consistency. Well, Super Rugby and the international game are two completely different games at present. Shouldn't be, though. You watch soccer at your local park and you watch your wife and mate. The rules are the same. You watch top top 14, but That's definitely not the case. I just think it's just what what happened to the yellow card. You were on here telling us a few months ago, Richard, that we they're great. And they're cynical penalties. Blokes need to be sent off. What's happened to that? Yeah, I'm agreeing with that. I'm disagreeing with your football analogy or your football comparison. That was all. I just it just is so frustrating to be a fan. And again, it doesn't matter for us because we're going to show up anyway. And if my boys win, I'll forget about it in four hours. My boys lose, I'm sold to the next game. Yeah. And I push on. The sport has a problem where these things are just so part and parcel with the sport. And that's why you saw, and I won't name the people, but you saw fans, commentators, podcasters, ex-players all say to the effect this sport is fucked. And it's a problem. And I just wish there was accountability. Um, or better. I don't think it's wrong to expect better in those fields. Mm. My um, issue was, is there a bigger little bitch? <laughs> it's an oxymoron. But then the TMO, man. I was just about to come to the TMO, yeah. Because, yeah. because the ref sends it up to team, mate, got no idea. Can you have a look at it and tell me what you know? And it, a lot of, like, Ben O'Keefe cops it, right? He's in charge of the whole game. He's the official official. Um, but the TMO, never in my history of watching the sport, do I see them go, nah, mate, that's not what I see. What's actually going on is X, Y, Z. Because they're all like, all right, I've got a high shot. Can you check for a high shot? Yeah, it's a high shot, mate. You said hi, that's what it is. Never is there a proper discussion about what goes down. It's all just like, all right, what I'm seeing, is that what you're saying? Yeah, 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 that's what we got up here. That's a agreeance, isn't there? There's, I've yeah. never once seen a disagreement. Oh, actually, I'm not seeing that. Or a professional discussion about, well, I'm seeing this, you're saying that. Yeah, mate, I got it. Yeah, that's exactly what I saw. Well, how on, wants to wear that- it. And I'm seeing this, maybe let's not ruin the competition in the fifth minute. Yeah, you're right. They just roll over. And then the TMO. Two minutes later, Tate McDermott takes a forearm to the face. Reese Hodge, Ben O'Keefe sends him off at the World Cup for the same forearm. Red card. 
this game, I don't think that's OB term, it doesn't stay down. They don't check it on the TMO. Play on. Just take a step back a little bit. The the issue is, and I want to say, the red card for Kirby, uh, Karbete was was wrong. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that. The forearm wasn't a direct contact. He went to the chest first, and then it and it rode up. So he's it's not a red card. It's not the same. Reese Hodges I was not the same. The head in the second half. I'm saying when players don't go down, and you don't watch it in slow mo, there's not even a penalty. So what are you what are you saying? You want them to you want everyone to uh, to fall around. You want to watch everything in slow mo. Well, that's what they're inviting. That is what I'm saying. Is where we're headed. If the penalty is during the game, someone is to be sent off. They're inviting that that soccer shenanigans that the French number eight put on, and I want to discourage that. I know we're in COVID times, but do you, do you need a hug, Blake? Come, it's too easy, mate. To, we're a podcast. We're meant to have an opinion. It's too easy. I think we're allowed to be angry that a sport with a million Aussies watching that we all love. It's just. This seems to be nonsense in the refereeing decisions. And it's not every week, right? These guys have got a hard job. The, the game is complex. The new rules are about their head high tackles. Players are getting physical, more stronger. Absolutely. I'm not demanding perfection. The data's coming out on concussions too. Yeah. and Lawsuits. And lawsuits it. around the world. All of that stuff. But it feels like we're getting worse, not better on these sorts of things in terms of the fans perspective. Um, and I, I don't have, I don't have the answers. Um, I've got some, I've got some ideas. I don't have any answers though, but I just feel like the game's getting worse rather than better. And when you've got a two time world cup winning Wallaby, Tim Horan saying, this is going to ruin a world cup final one day. It's concerning. And I just think we can't not address it. Right. It, it happened 24 hours ago. It'd be remiss of us to come on here and, and and just press on and talk about all the other things, which I will. Let's press on. But I don't know. Is there anyone else to add on that? I'm just I'm pissed off as a fan. I'm annoyed. No, nothing we haven't already said and summarized here before. Um, look, let's talk about the ruck, mate. Wasn't that a menage à neuf? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they say nine in French. Yeah, it's no, a yeah. giant orgy, isn't it? I mean, they were more privy to it this time because there was articles about the French coming in this way and that way. And it was a little cleaner. I did think it was a little cleaner. Oh, um, I think Australia just got in on it. Yeah. We stopped rolling east to west and started rolling north to south. Yeah. We joined is, the party. Which is definitely not elite, which is not legal. And no. the, 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 the hands on the floor, the coming in from the side. And then coming in from the side and then rolling. Say if I'm playing from left to right and I'm the, I'm on the team on the left, I was coming in from the side and then rolling east, like just to get in the way that way as well. It was or, ridiculous. Of course. And, and what it, it makes you as the attacking to clear out the tackler, it must be difficult because you want, if he's in the wrong spot, you sort of want to play for that penalty. But if you do that, it might not necessarily come your way and you just slow shit down. So they, they sort of, what I noticed, they came in and they were a bit like, get the fuck out of there. Had that sort of attitude with the tackler. Just were clearing them out off the, off the, off the bottom. And a lot of the time, it just takes you straight off your feet. It's just tackling a dude in the way. Hmm. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was messy, but I felt like Australia uh, made an adjustment. I think they were very used to Super Rugby not competing. Uh, and it caught us game one and two. And I think the adjustment was made this game um, where, where we showed up at the ruck and we were willing to, to join in in the dark arts and, and get a bit shady in the ruck as well. 
um, and got a bit of pay for that. I think we barely, the penalty count, we were well under France in this game. So I think we we got into it, got into the ruckus, um, and it eventually slowed that French ball down. Although they don't really utilise it too much. They love a kick, don't they? They love a kick, yeah. They're all territory, which is a decent tactic. Shall we talk about some players? Some Let's do it. Absolutely outstanding. And what was an amazing win? Bitch and rant aside. What was what was an amazing like, series? An amazing series of rugby. Was it 89 all at the... 69. After, 69. Even funnier. Yeah. Um, <laughs> after three hours of rugby, 69 all, these two teams going at each other. Um, pretty awesome stuff. I thought that's the best game I've ever see, seen BPA play. Mm. Yeah, he, he's a set piece, you know, particularly scrummage, um, even in the loose work rate in and around the park, carries, clean outs, line out throwing was decent. He actually threw to the back of the line out, which is um, good because he's sometimes throwing it to either the front or the middle. Um, so, yeah, I totally agree. It's a shame he's going to be lost to the to the French system or no, French hurts, legs. Their whole front row, for that matter. Al Alato was outstanding. James Slipper is a monster. Um, of a scrummager. And mm. then, of course, Tupo and, and Bell off the bench. I don't, I don't know if Bell's quite there yet with his scrummaging, but the kid is 20 no. years old. Uh, and he got us that match-winning scrum penalty. He was part of that operation at the end. The sky's the limit for him. Um, and then I'll go even go Ulysses off the bench. He, he didn't play too many minutes. But, oh, God, I'd love him to arrive. We all know his potential and the hype that he came with, and we've just never seen it delivered. So I, I was kind of excited watching him on the bench. So... Super exciting, the front row. Yeah, not in those rebel structures as he prospered. Um, I was really into the aggression and the ad line that Swinton was getting to. Mm. I mean, we talked about a red card was imminent with him in the team, and I guess we were right. But um, he played a measured game, a, a composed game, and I thought he had an impact. Yes. Yeah, yeah Richard, thoughts, Swinton? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, um, the, the stats don't back up his level of dynamism or his work ethic, you know, in terms of run meters or whatever, but just the fact of the, by the eye test, the actual number of clean outs, the number of um, actual, um, you know, even, even simple runs to just to get initially over the, over the gate line was, was really impressive. I was uh, much more impactful than what Valentini has been over the last little bit. I thought Valentini was dynamic off the bench though. Does this play Swinton into the six for either of you? Um, yeah, it does for me, actually. I think he offered more. I know, um, obviously, Valent, it's it's his position, you know, because he's played two games and he's probably been rested from this. But I, even when he came on, I didn't think, he, I know what you're saying, but I didn't think he made as big an impact as what he could have done against a potentially tiring French team. But um, for me, I think Swinton played so well, I, I think he's, he stays in for the next game. Yeah, just in that same vein as Darcy Swain bought the jersey off of Philip here. Yep. Darcy Swain has bought himself the Medal of Australia. That turnover at the end of the game, I don't know how legal it was, Definitely but that wasn't. was heroic. He was incredible all game. He's, he's angry too, and he's a huge human being. And, and young. To get bigger. And young too. Like just a giant second rower who's physical and angry. Um, he is going to be a wallaby for a very, very long time. Ah, don't say that, man. He'll be poached too. Do you know what? If he actually, if because Matt Phillip was calling the line out before, if he was actually calling the line out as well, that's 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 really impressive for a, for a young second rower to be able to do that. 
But the, I would also say, like to say Salah Kailada, you can shit on him because there's a number of things you can shit on him. But I'd actually have to say they utilized him a lot at line-out time. He was a lot of the, they, they put him up in the air a lot. Yeah. I don't know whether they actually are using him as the primary option and then doing some of the clean-out work because he's not dynamic in the loose. Um, he's a bit lazy around break times and his body position is a bit poor. But what is he in there? What's the reason for him being in the team? Because I don't see another five at the moment coming in um, to replace him. No, neither do I. I think we've been a bit harsh on him on this podcast. And isn't it, it doesn't a win color everything differently. I didn't really notice him last night. He probably did his job. You said he, our line out function, our scrum function. That's what you want from your tight second row, isn't it? I remember him being quite physical from time to time. I just don't remember him too much. We won, so I'm in for him. We lost, I'm probably calling him a passenger. You know what I mean? Like it's That's hard true. when it's you take once and you play in one of those tight positions. He didn't do anything momentous. I, I guess for me, comparatively, he's a veteran in that position, right? He's got more experience under his belt than the other two or three who are, who are asking for the same jersey. So I guess in that capacity, I was looking for a lot more from him. Mm. And I'm talking across the three games, a little more down, he's, he's a little more direction. He did he did definitely dominate the uh, the line out and ran that. But I just just work work rate across the field. He moved to breakaway when they made their substitution. So maybe that's an element of it. I'm not sure. I don't he's like nine that. Foot I said twelve, that Jim, and he's played three games in, in fourteen days or something. Isn't isn't that enough work rate for you? No. It's, it's, <laughs> no, I agree with Jim a little bit there. It's the, it's what he does. I think his body height is still not great for an international rugby player, but I do agree with your point in terms of scrummaging. He's on that side where Alalatawa and Tupo benefit from him getting up his backside on that that scrummaging side. So, yeah, he's he's in there for his set piece at the moment. But yeah, I, I guess if. If I'm going to speak to it, I don't know what their structures are, man, because it feels like Nisarani runs the ball 100 times. It feels like our, our front three run the ball 100 times. And, and I guess our breakaways don't really. Hooper hangs out on the edges. Valentini hangs out on the edges, which is why maybe I'm not seeing him. But I just don't see the work rate, the carries, the run meters, the post-contact. He's always in and around. But um, I guess I just don't see that from him. And it might be how they're structured. You know, it very much could be. But that's the shit I notice when I'm watching. I'd love to know the stat, actually, um, if someone out there knows it. How many times he is actually cleaning out a, um, um, a rock? Because there's not many times I actually see him do that. And that's one of your primary jobs. You're the stats man, Richard. I know. I, I failed, man. It's, 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 I'm sorry, boys. Will you forgive me? That's all right. We'll let this one ride. Uh, nice run. One of his best games in gold ever. Yeah. I'm going that jersey. Bought it. Yeah, I agree. Oh, I disagree. Harry Wilson still runs on for me and Valentini at six for that matter. But I tell you what, Quentin and Nicerani put him on notice. Hmm. I'm going the other way on that one. Mm, um, I agree. Um, our centre pairing, Paisami at 12, Ikatao 13. Yeah, looked much more threatening, didn't they? It, it's tough when you don't have a winger to feed. Um, hmm. Sometimes they looked a bit out of options. Paisami, I don't know what's happened to his handling. It's never been a problem before. Oh, no. It was a thing that popped up in the Super Rugby season. We talked about it being an yeah. issue in the Wallaby it jersey. Yeah. It's consistent. He's got he's it got is. a voodoo. Um, handling aside, I thought they were both fantastic. They covered a lot of ground in D, a lot of ground in D. Every time Mikatao got the ball, the dude made meters. Um, and Paisami gives you options. He threw one dumb cutout. 
Um, not everything's fired for Paisami, but the bloke is a threat. And he's a threat to the naked eye, right? I've got Leagueys texting me, who's the bloke wearing 12? They've got to get him the ball more. He looks a threat every time he touches the ball. Um, so I was very in for the centres. I think that's his spot, Paisami. I think he's a 12. Um, so for me, going forward, love to see Paisami and Parise pair up in those centres. Yeah, I'm looking for a little bit of decision-making. And I think a lot of it comes from coaching for, for Paisami. All the skill, all the talents there, not a question, deserves to be in that 12. But if he gets some good people coming in and, and sort of coaching him through a few plays and a few options and decisions that he made, he could be an excellent player. Mm. Would, tell, uh, run on debut. Would just go, sorry, just to go back to Paisami a little bit. I agree with your point about coaching, but I think he still needs to play a little bit heads up rugby as well. Not too that we don't overcoach him because he has got such natural ability as well. Um, but in terms of Ikitao, I thought he was excellent. I thought he helped Lolo Sio being a club mate in there. I thought that helped him uh, with a bit of structure as well. So Ikitao excites me as a 13 at the moment. I know Parise is obviously someone who's up there, but um, I thought he played really well. In that yeah, it's a, it's a, it was a tough game to judge the centres on. I mean, it never really left or went past 12 and the French never really had the ball to question them in defence either. So it was a tough game to judge them, but Puck is probably good for their for their mentality. Mm. All right, let's give it up to the halves. We've been really harsh on 9 and 10 all series. Um, Lola C was growing into that jersey, but my God, they were brilliant. Tate McDermott was absolutely every bit sensational. The box kicking was a bit shit, but he was just dynamic, sensational. It, it oozes, I'm going to put the mocker on him, but he oozes future Wallaby leader. Yeah, and it's what we were talking about, being the energizer bunny and being the never-say-die attitude, you know. If he gets knocked down, he gets back up. He has that element to him, um, which is what we needed. We needed that when we were getting our ass handed to us. We got the red card. We needed someone with that sort of energy and him backing up and him throwing nice balls. He passed well. That was my criticism on him. I thought he was a shit passer, but he did well. Yeah, he was tape was awesome, mate. I, he, I loved every second of him. He's brilliant. I can't wait for him. So a lot more minutes. I thought it was really interesting in the post game, him talking about Michael Hooper. Um, the, did the you question? Did Sorry. you deliberate? Did we deliberately miss him? By the way, because he yeah, he's some odd. Yeah, we'll okay. I, I, sure. I did wonder. Um, no, Tate at the end of the game. The, the question basically was, how good's Michael Hooper? Must just be awesome to be around someone that good. And it was really interesting. He, you could tell how intense Tate is. He's like, well, you know, kind of perceived him as a New South Welshman when I, when I first came into the squad. So, yeah. But then I get to know him and it just shows you that, that like, intensity he has even for his Reds team uh, and how he still brings it to the Wallabies. I, I just thought that was a really interesting insight because I think we forget as Aussie fans who aren't overly tribal – uh, with our state sides, we see them all come into the Wallabies and it's all meshing. But someone as intense as Tate meets someone as intense as Michael Hooper um, and it you know, takes them a little while to, to realise that they want the same thing here. I thought that was a really interesting insight and an insight into Tate's intensity as well. Yeah, I liked his comment about the fact that because he was a news, I didn't realise the hatred. I'm, I'm oblivious to it. I didn't realise the potential hatred between Queensland and, and New South Wales was a strong. It's always built up as a you know origin style game, and they don't like each other. But for that comment was was a was a really good insight into it. Mm. Don't, don't you wish we had somewhere like Suncorp here? Don't you wish there was just a stadium in Isn't which that they what the play? New one's going to be. 
Fuck, mate. Is it Homebush? No one goes there, man. No, the new one uh, in um, in Moor Park. Is that not going to be the? Is it going to get done? Construction's pause, man. It's never it's never getting finished. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, take me to him. It was sensational. There's not much more you can ask on his run on debut. He's not the full article in terms of controlling the game, the box kicking and stuff like that. But he's got so much time to grow that stuff. Um, I think he'll fulfil an amazing role off the bench behind Nick White. And I don't think he'll be behind Nick White for too long. No, no. I think he, it was good for him also. I agree with everything you said, yes. Um, but I thought he was advantaged by the fact that the forwards had were going forward, ironically, uh, this game. Um, it'd be interesting um, what he looks like in a team that's under the pump a little bit more um, and going backwards and see how he performs. That'll be the litmus test for him next time because you're absolutely right. Um, he did um, perform really well in, in the game on, on the weekend yesterday. Um, and Lola CEO, come at the hour, come at the kid, mate. Intercept try and just his goal kicking sensational. That one he missed was, whew, that was a bit nerve wracking. Wasn't it? Uh, um, but then he just back on the horse, mate, slotted the next one. Looked yeah, like what? a young flatly. All right, I like that. <laughs> I like that. What, uh, what swear words were coming out of your mouth when he missed that one dead in front? Let's be honest. Uh, it's enough time on the clock for me. There's yeah, enough time on the clock. The moment of disbelief. Just you're kidding, aren't you? Um, but the French guy missing it minutes earlier shows you these people are human and they're just kids, man. Yeah, like that just looks like a kid. Imagine how's the pressure to just step up. It blows my mind. Yeah, I was thinking that too, man. He looks super young. Absolute kid, hey. I'm vomiting watching him line up the kick and he's just slotting it in front of a full house in Queensland. It's incredible. There's no way I could do that. So that was excellent. And look, let's just pay a quick homage to that was going to be try of the year, that French try from their own five meter line. Wasn't that amazing? That was out of this world, that try. And and look, the, the combat is we didn't have a winger on that side. Good on it. They utilized the space and they just kept linking and connecting. Um, it was a sensational try. It was that quintessential French flair, maverick, you know, whatever word you want to use. It was just, it was, it was amazing. It was yeah. awesome. If I was the, a French fan, and God, I'm not. Um, if I was a French fan, you just wish you saw a bit more of that. Mm. I couldn't believe how good their halfback was. And he's the, apparently he's their third halfback. I couldn't yeah. believe his talent. And the fullback, how slick he looked at doing everything. Mm. Um, they had a man up. They just didn't play enough football. Whenever they did, they cut us to shreds. That's what I said at the beginning, though. You, you lower your level to what's sometimes played in front of you. And then when the result starts, when Australia starts to score points, it puts pressure on you because you should be winning and you're not. So you start to shit the bed yourself. And then you but don't... They, they really right. did. They're like them uh, taking a tap when three was on offer earlier in the game. Like they, they lost their way because of the red card as well. Yeah. Expected to score tries or expected exactly. that they should. They felt like mm. that we should be. But that's all enough. part of the reason I hate it because it's not Win what we test. signed up for. But, um, let's just do before we move on. You got were you midpoint there, Blake? No, no, nah, fuck it. One takeaway. <laughs> just show you one takeaway from the series before we push on. What's your one takeaway? You can only pick one. Who wants I'll, to I'll start. Oh, first it feels like you want to start there, Jim. Yeah, I'll start. In two years, man, that French team is going to be trouble. Whoever takes them on at the World Cup in their land. It's going to be trouble. They are they are going to be a force to reckon with. I reckon only about five of them will even be in that starting fifteen for the French team in two years. In the squad, mate. The the five we saw tore down here. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. If this is their if this is their E team. That's what I'm saying. So the takeaway is like not that team, but the the French team at the top will be trouble. Yes, in the mate. If the French Fs are this good, 
I'll tell it's you what. crazy. Yeah. Again, the again we've, gone, we've gone from C to D to E. <laughs> now we're down to F, yeah? Apparently the Kiwi, uh, the bookies have them and the Kiwis equal favourites to the World Cup. Mm, I saw that, yeah. Jump on it. But let's just hope eh, that COVID is, is a long-distance thought behind us and people can go live to those games. Which yeah. Beautiful. You guys got yeah. any takeaways? I'd actually say, I know this is going to come across as probably uneducated, but I think my takeaway was Michael Hooper, again, showing the world that he is an elite player. It doesn't matter what number he has on, a, on his back. Um, it's irrespective. He is an, an elite player and a leader, which maybe at the back end of last year, I thought my opinion of him was waning slightly, but he's uh, just, again, stepped up to the mark the last three games. So he showed me what a great player he is. Concur. Uh, my takeaway, a bit of a cop-out. My takeaway is, bitch and rant aside, international rugby is special. Mm. The drama, the theatre, all of it. Like, it is a special game. Yeah, it's Shakespearean, it's, in it? It really is, mate. There's nothing <laughs> like it. And I know I said I was going to change this now. Of course, I didn't change for half a second. Um, <laughs> there, there's something really bloody special about it. Um, and and this series was a nice microcosm of that. You got the French G's playing, you know, the young Australian up and comers, and it is still something bloody special. <laughs> the French G's, yeah, it was well, special. Well, and the French H's and the I's and the J's. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, can I just take this moment? Also, something pretty special. Um, the Samoa, um, the Samoa, uh, Samoa actually qualified. Did you see for yeah. uh, the World Cup? Yeah, I did see that. Them. I put some coin on them too. Did you? How much That's did big. you make? I just thought it was a safe bet, mate. Time looked atrocious. Um, well, I'll tell you what's funny though. Like, fair play, we didn't mention Corabetti got sent off or Dalguna, which I'm really bummed for that guy, mate. He's really, really good. And he just always seems to be cursed whenever he wears a Wallaby gold. He gets mm. injured or he gets carded or he just has a Barry. I just wanted to watch him play. I was so excited watching him run on and the poor thing. So he's broken his arm. But I just thought it was hilarious. We didn't mention Newsom at the back. I mean, sorry, Banks. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even mention him. It's it's who wants that jersey, man? Who wants it the most at the moment? It's a bit harsh on Banks. I think it's a pretty long day at the office if you're a fullback and your wing has been recarded. But I, I don't think you can get yourself too involved in the game. But Proper didn't know he's on the field. Yeah, and when he did, he ended up dropping a few high balls and doing not much, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah poor bloke. Yeah. I know. If we're doing a shit on him and then Reese Hodge, but seriously, like, what's he got to do? To, what do we got to do to get him out of a wallaby shirt? Seriously. You know he what? didn't play bad, man. He always, yeah, it does my head in. He does nothing at Super Rugby. You throw a gold on him. An absolute bum. Yeah, he's still a, with that shitty pass from Paisami, you know, the like the the loop pass that was he even dropped that man. He seriously yeah, didn't terrific. do that, mate. Yeah, <laughs> no, on. it was that one chase the kick, get the turnover, what on which, which was a penalty. Was... He went straight off his feet, straight off his feet. Yeah, <laughs> it was definitely not it was a menage enough, mate. Whatever, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder with Hodge, are we just oh. have we decided and our analysis is completely wrong because every time I read an article or everyone's like, oh, Hodge, one of the best on the field. What? Am I watching something else? I don't know. There's a part of him that just represents your average rugby player. I think it's that. I think he hit the image of him makes makes the people think that they can make it. Makes the northern and eastern <laughs> suburbs of Sydney's hearts. Yeah. yeah, think they can. Oh man, I was one off. I was one injury away. <laughs> it's got to um, be that. 
Poor Reese. Um, Lions tour. This is getting me. I tell you what, that, that South Africa A Lions game has got me very, very excited for this tour. But I, uh, man, that that country, I'm worried, eh? South Africa. Yeah, it's not in a good place. No, it's not. Not at all. Just... No, and, and that's the thing. You talk about a red card. It could be it could be someone going in. They've been talking about it with the NBA for ages, going into health and safety protocols and missing and cancelling tours and absolutely. But the health and well-being of everyone is paramount, absolutely. But you asked me last uh, last podcast whether we thought we would go ahead. And I said, yes, very you know energetically, but I'm more concerned. Or it may go ahead. It just might lose its sense of authenticity or sense of uh, prestige because of everything that's occurring. Yeah, Whoever wins is an asterisk, you know. They're mm. deploying 25,000 military today. It's mm. crazy over there, mate. It's mm. um, any, I don't know how many left there are after our FAF days, but if there's any South African listeners thinking of you, sounds sounds like a troubled time, a different yeah, absolutely. time. And, I definitely don't know too much about it either. Uh, hopefully the rugby is a bit of a reprieve. Um, well, hopefully we get to see some minutes. Yeah, and it'll be interesting this week because obviously the Lions played again and they beat the Stormers and obviously certain players didn't play. So you can make what you wish of that, whether that's whether that means they're going to play in next week's game. But I just hope it's, A, everyone stays safe, but ultimately it's, um, it comes into an excellent Test Match series because, as you just said, international rugby is one thing, but I think the Lions is also you know, a little bit more special than that because it doesn't happen very often. It is. It it's a little cherry on top. And I, the South African Lions is always the one as an Aussie fan because of the time zones. It's not like the Australia or the Kiwi one, but there's still something else special about it. And so, you know what we, there's something special about too? And you saw, I sort of missed it, but the things have been what full stadiums. Suncorp packed. Um, the, the NBA playoffs, they've got full capacity. Mm. It's, it fucking adds so much. And you remember those South African games where they were just, it felt like there was 100,000 of them in that mm. stadium. It's just massive. And when I watched the South African A team, like it was just missing that atmosphere. So it's, it's going to be lost because it definitely has something, adds something to me sitting in my lounge room and watching it as well. It was also the fact that the brilliance of the Lions was the fact you could take it to a variety of places around the country that, that you're obviously touring, whereas obviously it's been a lot more limited this time because, of the, you know, you don't want to mm. you want to limit movement as much as possible. So I think that's lost a little bit. But I go back to my point. Hopefully we'll have three amazing test matches and we won't be talking about it at the end of it. And our plan, boys, is to podcast that series as well. Yeah, well, absolutely. We'll do a few uh, few podcasts around it. And um, if someone's sent off in the first five minutes for a cheap headshot, um, then uh, I'll be we'll fuming. We'll skip it. We won't even address it. Yeah, I'll be fuming, yeah? Yeah, well, the, we... challenge, the challenge for the listeners and the punters is to not see the score. Mate, wait until you've got two hours to sit down and watch that. Don't check the score on your Instagram or on the paper or whatever. Try and really make the effort to watch that. You've got to watch it live, mate. Yeah. Times too, you've got to watch it. Don't wish live. it away. What time's kickoff? Is it... It's 10, 11, 12, 1 a.m., isn't it? It's something ludicrous, mate. Yeah, it'll it's be in the middle of the night. Yeah, it'll be in the middle of the night. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, boys. It was pretty... Well, uh... this is out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, could I actually just say, I'm also excited, I was going to say about the Olympics that are coming up as well. So as much as they've got into it, a state of emergency as well, and then in Tokyo got into lockdown, I think, for a while. But um, I'm excited to watch this. Someone in the village Olympics. got COVID. Yeah, so I, I think two, actually, I saw on the news today. So, yeah, but hopefully everyone stays safe. I hope the Olympics will be as outstanding. Did as you see the, um, the no-bang beds? No. <laughs> so they're not giving the athletes condoms so they can't bang, and then they've made them beds 
that um, that break if the body weight is more than one person. They're made from fully recyclable cardboard or something. And if you like move on them, they break. What's the point of this? To discourage the athletes from banging so they don't spread the virus. You, you think that they're only just going to go on a bed? Well, that's what I'm thinking. You get the most physically gifted people in the world and you think yeah. taking the bed out of the equation will stop it. Yeah, and yeah. aren't these the people we want reproducing anyway? Don't we want better athletes to entertain us? Anyway, we digress too far. <laughs> we'll edit this out. Yeah. Uh, see you, people. All right. See you, guys. <laughs>